Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right, Dean, this is part two. Part two. Of our epic trilogy. Trilogy. You told me I needed to make it sound <laughs> I know. Epic. I don't know why, but it has to be epic. Trilogy. Yes, trilogy. Uh, it's a trilogy of episodes that are heavily focused on topics around AI in yes. particular. Yes. Uh, now, intelligence and retail mm-hmm. may not go together for some <laughs> folks. I mean, if you're, depending, it depends on your well, perspective. Yeah, okay. If you're yeah. a frustrated customer, you may think that nobody intelligence there's no intelligence here at all. That's right. Yeah. You could also be a frustrated employee mm-hmm. who oh, thinks that sure. no one intelligent ever shops there. Yes. Or maybe that none of your coworkers are intelligent. Yes. I've been on every side of this <laughs> at some point where I question the intelligence in retail. Uh, uh, but but that's, that's not what we're talking about no, today. No, no, that, no, but, yeah, yeah. but our topic is is about retail in particular and how AI fits into that. We've got Tony Boncourt from Honeywell rejoining nice. us yes. once again yes. to talk about all things AI and retail. Yep. We're going to get into basically kind of like where, you know, where retail already had AI involved mm. because kind of like we talked about in our last episode with Rafi, like mm-hmm. it's not like AI is brand new. Right. It's just we're talking about it in a different we way are. and we're we seeing are. new use cases yeah. for it that we Now everybody's like hypersensitive to yeah. the AI that's around them. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We're going to talk about the discussion that is happening, how it's driving conversations about mm. retailers, what they're expected to do with it or what we're hoping to accomplish there with yep, them. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about checkout inventory management in particular as two areas mm. where AI can be a, an important part of it. Yep. And uh, and maybe a little bit about what Tony's watching out for on the uh, the AI. What he got on his radar and all yeah, that kind yeah, of what exactly. he's seeing. Oh, so, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's technically after us? It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. As I mentioned, we got Tony back with us today. Uh, can't, uh, it's been maybe, what, a year, year and a half or so since your last episode with us? Um, I think we talked about some retail trends then. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's been, I think, about one year almost to the date. And we did. We talked about consumer behavior's impact on, on that's retail right. trends. Good memory, yeah, that's guys. right. There that was go. behavior stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, well, he is the global retail marketing principal for Honeywell. And we're glad to have you back. You're a, a, a proven expert on this topic. So tell us maybe a little bit what you've been up to. You were just telling us before we got on that you've been literally traveling the yeah. world right now. Yeah. So what's been going on in your world since we last talked? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. So Honeywell, obviously a global, uh, you know, brand all over the world. And we support retailers, you know, across that entire footprint. So I have the fortunate event to go and meet with retailers all over the place. And, you know, it's been pretty tremendous getting to see what I've uh, I've experienced over the last year. So I've been busy these last couple of months, especially. Uh, hopefully, you know, as you all know, when fourth quarter rolls around for retail, things settle down a little bit. So it's been great. Well, and I love too because that gives you that great perspective. Is we know that from talking to a lot of other folks, and I think you mentioned on the last pod too that a lot of a lot of retail trends, especially around technology, mm. tend to start outside of the U.S. before it gets here, or at least maybe Sometimes. gets adopted a little more quickly and Certainly heavily. on the payment side, yeah, and stuff exactly. Like that, right? yeah. So you know, that's, I think that's awesome that you have that experience where you've mm. been able to go see, like, hey, here's what's happening, you know, elsewhere that's probably going to impact our market here in the U.S. as well at some point in the future. So yeah. yeah All right. Well, sure. then let's let's talk about this topic about AI and how it impacts retail. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, it obviously it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it right now, mm-hmm. and a lot of that conversation built around the generative AI stuff, but you're starting to see anybody that can come up with an idea about AI and figure it's the out wild west. cram it into yeah. their solutions. Right. They're like, let's talk AI. 
but it's not a brand new concept, as I mentioned. It's it's definitely not something we're just now getting around to doing. So how has artificial intelligence already been part of retail in the past leading up to where we are now? Yeah, so the, this, is a, this is a good question. And artificial intelligence, like you said, has been around for a long time. And the way I like to look at it, it's, it's almost like a metamorphosis. So if you really think back to the last 10 years where we originally started talking about business intelligence and BI tools and things that become predictive and help you know, retailers and businesses kind of assess where they're at from a data perspective, it's kind of materialized over the course of time from something of that nature, from a data set to being a lot more intuitive and intelligent, for lack of a better term, when we talk about artificial intelligence, to be really um, focused on what can generate great results from a customer service perspective. You know, obviously, there's elements of automation that are built into this as well. So specifically, you know, you can probably talk more about the, the, the AMR if you look at retail from a supply chain perspective where they're the, the autonomous robots that are working within distribution, they've been around for, for some time. And th- those are all built on artificial intelligence-based platforms to, to know where they're going, to know what they're doing and things of that nature. So anytime that you can replace a, a an associate, a team member, an employee with some form of automation, there's gotta be, in my opinion, some form of artificial intelligence built in to ensure that that service level remains the same and the experience for the customer or shopper, if you will, uh, remains the same. So. You can think through this, you know, even even when you call and you get the voice automation and you're, it's, you're, it's listening to you and it's prompting you, press one for this option or ask me the question. I can, you know, I can understand what you're saying. That's all artificial intelligence. So many companies have already been experiencing this. I think the one thing I would say with, you mentioned this, the generative AI, you know, that's gotten a lot of media. So that's really, I think, escalating the awareness of what AI really is. There's, there's different versions of artificial intelligence. And the more you hear about chat GBT and some of these other, you know, um, artificial intelligence from a gener- generative perspective, the more you realize the impact it's having on, on the retail segment. And that we can talk more in depth about, you know, where this is going. So it's been around for some time, as you guys, as you mentioned, and there's quite a few different you know, avenues that you can look at it from the, the robotics to the, you know, voice automated systems to computer vision, if, you know, being in from an inventory management standpoint, loss prevention standpoint. And then you're starting to see this kind of, you know, materialize and morph into, um, you know, movement into self-checkout and checkout as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fascinating when you think about retail. I mean, it's been around for thousands of years, right? Uh, retail is nothing new. And uh, <laughs> we were trading sense. pelts, you right? Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and and of course, we've had computers for decades right, now. Right. Uh, so there's there's been some quantification that's been going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. around the retail space and trying to crunch the numbers. And where Tony was at, you know, the the whole big data. Okay, now we've got all this data. What do we start doing with it? Um, but you know, it is fascinating to see AI and the, the learning and the training of models that, that is kind of coming through with the LLMs and the generative AI and stuff like that. I think it's just opening up people's realities a little bit more. Oh, yeah. what, now it's not just so much stuck in the what I'll call the server room and the people that are in the server room crunching numbers. Just what and, the nerds are up to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> spitting out some reports. You've got everybody kind of interested. Right, you know, all the right. way down to like the associates on the store level yeah. around, well, you know, okay, I've had this mobile device for three, four, two years, whatever. What what intelligence is behind this thing now? Right, you know, right. and, and the demand that I think is going to start coming out of that, right? Yeah. Uh, and that AI is going to have to start answering a little bit for. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about just, I mean, like online shopping you know we've been doing that for a long enough time now yep. most of that has a some sort of ai built into it when you re- return to a website the second you log in or even if sometimes if you don't log in it knows who you are it's tracking your ip you know like it's 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 
you know, it, it's, it's, it knows this stuff about you already. Or you go mm-hmm. to a grocery store, you know, you, you buy a jug of milk, but a, cr- a coupon spits out for you of some other one of your favorite products that you haven't purchased in a while. Like mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's going on behind the scenes. It's already been there. It's nothing, again, it's nothing brand new. But to your point, I just think we're just, yeah. we're finally starting to dawn on the idea of like, oh, this thing has been happening, you know? And I think if you're that person who's always like, man, I think everything's listening to me because I, every time I get the... <laughs> the ads on the internet or on my Facebook feed or something like that or whatever. Like, again, that's just been AI working behind the scenes that's learning and adapting and spitting out what needs to be spit out for you. And now we're just, we're talking about it in some more, I think, slightly more tangible Mm -hmm. ways to Mm -hmm. utilize it and get it out there. And and Mm -hmm. hopefully some stuff that's going to improve customer experience. And to your point, Ah. the employee experience. Well, I was just about to go there on the customer experience. Hey, Tony, real quick, let's sidebar because you're such the world traveler now and you've got all this experience. Uh, What are you hearing from customers around customer? So so what John and I talk about a lot is, you know, hey, we all went through the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Everything was, we all lived in caves for a little while, but now we're coming back out. So when we go to retail, we want the experience to be different. So are you hearing from retailers that they are starting to to put a little bit of more emphasis, a little bit more premium on the customer experience? Are you hearing a lot of that and, and technology that can enable that? Or, or what, what's the take out in the field, if you will? Yeah, I think that what's really cool, I think one of the things I've, I've observed the most is where every retailer is in their maturity, technology maturity plan, if that makes sense. So we, we talk at, you know, when we have these conversations, we're talking at the forefront of what technology is and who are some of the, the leaders in that. There are still some retailers that are, you know, a little bit, I wouldn't say behind isn't the right word, but from a maturity perspective, they haven't gotten to that point. But I can assure you, I, the majority of all the retailers, it's always about how they can meet the shopper's expectations. How do we, how do we improve our service levels? How do we ensure that we're able to equip our team members and associates and employees with the right tools to do those things? So it's, it just really varies on where they sit and the maturity aspect of things. And what I get to see across the globe is it really does vary. It's not, it's not a consistent world, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I think that's pretty, pretty amazing because some of these, even some of the largest retailers are a little bit behind some, what some of the other larger retailers are doing, but they're still successful. So that's what I think is, is, is a pretty amazing thing. So some, some want to learn from others. They'll like wait and see, like, you know, what is so-and-so doing or what is this company doing before we take that step and make that advancement? And some just don't know. So there's an element of what we do or what I do is in, in, in education. And you'd be surprised how many times I've had conversations. And, and this goes both ways, by the way, where the retailer is teaching me something. I'm like, oh, no way. And then vice versa, where they're like, we haven't even thought of that. So it's pretty amazing to see where they're at on their on their maturity journey. But to say that there's one, you know, specific, you know, um, point where retailers are at, I, I don't think that's fair. It's a broad spectrum. Uh, but definitely, it's definitely around, you know, providing service and exceeding service levels for their customer and productivity and in and automation. And you can you see that across the board. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be the chatter, right? Yeah, yeah no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. Uh, well, so let's let's talk about the what's driving the AI discussions in retail right now. And I wanted to single out some statistics from a uh, Honeywell blog that I found mm. that says uh, 48% of 1,000 retailers said that artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer vision will be top tech impacting retail in the next three to five years. 59% were planning to deploy in the next year. Hmm. Uh, 38% say they were already using it in some fashion, with 35% saying so at a large scale. Hmm. And what I thought was even most interesting – 
barriers to adoption. 39% said budget. Makes Dollars. Sense. We all, yeah, we all right. know that. Mm-hmm. 29% yep. though said business value and 21% said a lack of expertise. So mm. let's take all that and condense it here. <laughs> that was a lot of stats I threw out. So when you're talking to retailers about AI and this conversation starting to come to the forefront, what are they hoping to get out of it? What are they hoping to accomplish? Are they skeptical of it? Do they Are they uninformed? Like, what are those conversations looking like? Again, you've, you've been all over the world. I'm sure you've been talking about this a lot of folks, and I, I have a feeling whether you bring it up or not, it's probably coming up. So what, what do those conversations look like? Yeah, so I think the first thing I want to say is if you listen to the statistics you just outlined, it kind of showcases what I was mentioning to you. It's such a broad spectrum. So <clears throat> I think what... what you know, when it when it comes to the forefront, it really again, it's going to vary on, on the specific retailers, but ultimately what they're looking for it, it. So there's still a label, a labor concern within that within that market. There's other things that play into this. You, you've got to look at minimum wage rates, you know, cost to run business, cost to serve the customer, so on and so forth. Some of these AI tools help in terms of reducing the amount of impact, financial impact that it has on that retailer. So really, it really depends on what their what their model is. So there's this very service based retail where it's you know it's one to one you know CRM you know leveraging your the experience experiential shopping you they the customer expects them to be known so well that's a little bit different that's equipping that that particular associate or team member with the knowledge to do that then you have more of the self service retail your traditional department stores general merchandise where you walk in and that's where you're going to find more of the productivity and so what generates productivity from an ai standpoint everything from computer vision from you know robots doing inventory scanning from self checkout when you know your your traditional self checkout barcode scanning moving into a computer vision using a camera to identify product that's where i think there's some of these changes and and um, you know overall uh, business um, needs, if you will, that are, are cross-functional. And, and when I say cross-functional, I'm talking if you're a grocery chain in the United States versus a grocery chain in Europe, they're all looking at very similar, uh, you know, technologies to help drive that, that overarching experience. I do think, though, there are some, you know, retailers that have a perspective on if we equip our or we train our team members, they focus on the team member first, which or the, the employee first, which I think is actually a neat concept as well, too. There's no right or wrong way. It's what works for them. So when I see this, you can see that the investment in that. And here's the thing, too. The retailers that are doing that, where they invest in the team member first versus the shopper first, have a lower, they have a higher retention. They're retaining those team members longer because they're investing in them. So that's the other piece that plays into this as well, too, where technology can help support the team members and associates for being successful without replacing them. And I think that's a concern when you talk about AI is just going to take my job. You know, am I going to, is AI going to replace me? So I I think it's got to be balanced. And when I, what I see that across the globe is that that's where the retailers are trying to figure out what makes sense. One last part of this is there, there are plenty of of companies that don't even know about what we're talking about right now. They have (laughs) ideas. They've heard it from a, you know, they only think of AI as in that whole chat GBT, but they're not thinking about it in terms of, what we're what we're discussing in automation and 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 doing things within a process that you know makes the experience seamless. That right there to me is where that your statistics in the beginning you know talk about you know this um, you know these business models and the differentiation between the, the the retailers that know and the ones that do not. So it's a pretty interesting place to be right now. 
I love the reinforcement that actually enabling your associates with technology is a good thing. Yeah. Because we, we've been we, yeah. we preach about that from high upon the hill. Right. You know, all the time. And so, you know, it, it's good to have that 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 little bit of reinforcement. We run down the hill and there. shout about it. We run back up the hill and shout about it. We're 100%. Just about yeah, 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 yeah. But when you think about the barriers, kind of going back to some of the stats that you threw out there, 21% lack, lack of expertise. And I guess, you know, to Tony's point, there's a lot of people that don't even understand what we're talking about right, <laughs> right. now. We might as well talk about about launching rockets or something like that, um, they, they don't understand it. But but the fear is, you know, they're not going to be around for for a while. Now, I don't want to pick on anybody, like I, I don't know some dollar retailer out there. But you walk into those stores; those are about as low tech yeah, as you can get. Yeah. And and maybe the business model there is not going to be. Uh, you know, accommodating right, some of this, right. at least coming out of the gate. But but clearly, a lot of people are, are interested. I, I got one more statistic. Worldwide demand for artificial intelligence in retail is anticipated to increase at a compound annual growth rate of 30% wow. from 2023 to 2033. So when you have a Kager that's around 30% for the next decade, you know, that's telling you that uh, obviously there is going to be some demand uh, right. here to, to incorporate artificial artificial intelligence and, and all the, the many facets that Tony's done a great job of illustrating how it can manifest itself, um, it's it's going to happen, right? And yeah. it is happening. So it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. The- Steve, can, I, can I say one thing about what you just said yeah. about the dollar stores? Because there's there's still a place for artificial intelligence in those worlds. It's, it's not necessarily going to be in store per se, where, like you said, you walk in and it's fairly simple retail. I hate to say that, but it really is. It's in the in the back door, put it on the shelf, out the front door. Right. right. But there is AI plays as it relates to the the the, the product, the inventory. That's a the, really you know, good sustain. point. Absolutely. So and that's the piece where even though we talk about it, you know, we always think in store. And but there's other elements of this from a retail standpoint where it can help them in terms of predictives and give them, you know, insights to what the future looks like. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. No, just, you're, that's yeah. an excellent that's point because that's point. yeah, that's one of the ways that AI is being used is inventory management, predictive or demand forecasting around you know yeah. what products should we be bringing in. I guess that would be the most uh, the clearest, simplest example, you know, right, right. <laughs> in dollar store because you I love that you ship it, bring it in the back, ship it right out the front. Yep. You know, that's the whole idea yep. behind them. Right? Well, just like you, those last two. Percentages of the barriers, the the lack of expertise and business value were the two things that stood mm-hmm, out to me because those mm-hmm. are the two things that our channel and our VARs and ISVs can accomplish and help them out with. That's right. The lack of expertise part, that's easy. Like, okay, you know, you bring me in. I will be the expert that you need to help you get you up and running, mm-hmm. help you understand how to utilize this, help you understand what to do to get started, help you ex- explain it to you mm-hmm. so you even understand what this, what this does. Mm-hmm. But that business value piece, like we just, that conversation you guys just had where you in the, uh, in the guise of a dollar store might be thinking, this has yeah, nothing, nothing to do here. with us. There's no, we yeah. bring stuff in, we ship it out, we sell it. It's, it's done. That's yeah, it. Right. But if you're able to go in and, and, help folks explain that business value, help them understand, like, look, you may not think we, we, again, this was part of this conversation we had with Rafi and the couple of the conversations we've had lately about technology in mm. retail is that a lot of the SMB retailers might think this is it for me. This is, this is the big box stores. This is the biggest stores in the world that can afford and will do this and have a need for this because they're giant multinational, you know, corporations or whatever. But in reality, there is a place for all of this technology even down to the smallest local store. There's a potential place that it would fit in. And that was a perfect exchange right there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where if you are working with dollar stores for some reason and typically all you're selling is just simple point of sale or something and maybe some basic inventory management software or something like that, 
imagine going in there and having that conversation where you're there kind of like, nah, I don't see any point to this. We just bring the stuff in and right, yeah. sell the Put stuff Put it on the out. shelf and go on. And you tell them just what Tony said. Like, mm-hmm. hey, there is a place. Guess what? We can improve your inventory management. We can improve your, your stocking. We can improve your track and trace. We can, all this kind of stuff with a little bit of extra enablement. Those I think is the, that's the heart of what, it's the heart of what a value-add reseller does mm-hmm. is be able to explain a business value proposition to somebody that doesn't see it. So right. if you have those yep. customers yep, that are part fair. of that, whatever percentage it was that said uh, 29% that said they don't see a business value mm-hmm. to AI mm-hmm. solutions, you can be the ones to help them go out there and prove that there is a value to that. Because again, I, I think if you, if you think about it hard enough and you find some partners, you know, that can help you out with that conversation. There's going to be a business case for every type of retailer out there. Yep. Agreed. Yep. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's shift over then to a couple areas where we think AI and maybe have already seen it happen that really impact uh, retailers. Check out inventory management. We just kind of talked about the inventory management side there. And it's obviously two places that our VARs mm-hmm. are spending a lot of time on you. Mm-hmm. We know there's a lot of conversations happening around self-checkout. There's obviously a lot of stuff about inventory management, marrying that up with checkout and point of sale mm-hmm. uh, and improving those workflows. So how does adding AI to existing workflows in retail right now, how, how does it help change the game for checkout and inventory management solutions? These are very two different and broad, <laughs> different and broad um, workflows. So let's let's take one first. Let's talk about checkout. So I think with the the innovations around computer vision and how accurate computer vision is becoming at identifying product through AI based software, you're going to see. You're already seeing these changes. It's not like you're going to see it. It's already happening. It's happening in front of us. You may not even know it. There's companies out there already that have replaced barcode scanning with artificial intelligence based applications. And you can experience it. You go to the airport, there's companies that are doing it in airport. There's some, you know, convenience stores across the United States that have deployed some of these, um, you know, these tools. So, but here's what, here's what the challenge is, is that there's certain settings where it makes sense. So automation, and, you know, you can talk through what, you know, Amazon Go or Amazon Fresh was doing where they had a completely autonomous store that was running through artificial intelligence and other methodologies. You can also look at it and say that there is an element of this that's going to help with productivity, but you still need people from a self-checkout standpoint. So the spectrum of self-checkout, there is a an element where it's completely autonomous. And then what I say is partially autonomous. And I think that's the important part where majority of retailers are going to need a partially autonomous experience from a self-checkout perspective, where the majority of the work that's being done is by your shopper. And it's got to be fast, nimble, and quick. It's two, there's two parts to this, and there may be even more, but my, my you know, minimal thought through this is it's relatively simple. You have your hardware. You have the hardware that's going to enable the artificial intelligence to work. So how are you doing that? You're going to have to have very strong cameras, cameras that can pick up you know, and have a good line of sight, multiple cameras in some cases that can see what's going on. You have to have a zone where this is, this, uh, the customers bring this product to so they can see the that the cameras can see the product and identify it at a relatively quick rate as well, too. I think the one caveat to this, and this is one of the concerns, is that this question I get all the time by retailers is, what, what happens to the barcode scanning industry if machine vision starts to take over? Does it become obsolete? My answer to them is, it's that's not possible. Will it shrink to some degree in some cases? Yeah, there's no doubt. But I think in the grand scheme of things, and I call this, I'm sharing this in a pretty broad spectrum with the self-checkout, it's got to be looked at as AI plus or barcode plus. And what I mean by that is there's multiple technologies working hand in hand to make that experience seamless 
the inventory accurate. And then, so when I say inventory accuracy, that's super critical to the next part, which is the inventory management of artificial intelligence. In order to be a unified commerce, and we talked about unified commerce on on the last podcast. And if you guys haven't watched the last podcast from last year, I suggest you go back and do it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyway, so the, the unified commerce, which in modern day or in, in past has been known as omni-channel experience. The unified commerce experience, you have to have accurate inventory. So how does artificial intelligence play into this? And this starts in the entire supply chain. And I am talking from manufacturing all the way even to returns. And there's some there's some information out there on what some large companies are doing as it relates to artificial intelligence and returns where they're using the, the, this, what I kind of just described from a machine vision perspective to identify damaged products. So they can reduce the amount of returns. We talked about this last time too. returns has a huge impact on the, on the retail segment. So inventory management through computer vision, through robotics too, you can see, you, you can, again, you can go out and research this. There's robotics that are out there built on artificial intelligence that are doing inventory scanning at a much more rapid rate than what any human could do because it can take a, 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 a snapshot of, a, of an aisle and a relatively fast pace and you have accurate inventory at all times. Considering that many retailers are filling these e-commerce orders from stores, you need accurate inventory. And these tools definitely help this this become and remain accurate. So that's these two parts play hand in hand. If you have to have accurate inventory, the barcode or AI plus experience in your self checkout, so the in- inventory is accurate. So it prevents and reduces theft and loss to the organization. That's another big problem right now in retail. Oh yeah. And on the the, the flip side is you also have to have inventory accuracy in your entire uh, network because the customer is the one that's going to experience frustration if it's not that way. So. I can go on and on talking about how these things work, but those are very critical, if not the most critical components of, of retail, as well as where the focus is from an artificial intelligence standpoint. The fact that it's not a barcode killer, I think is is, is an important one to highlight here because right. obviously a lot of our customers uh, are, are interested in that take. That's why we were so hesitant about RFID for a while too. Oh, oh know, for yeah. sure, yeah. But but the, yeah. I think Tony's done a really good job of painting the reality is is that it's not going away. No. It's going to be a mix. Uh, it's kind of like how RFID and barcoding exist today. Mm-hmm. You know, two mm-hmm. are complementary. Uh, they both have significant advantages in what they do. Uh, and there and there's a reason for it. So uh, I like the barcoding plus or the barcode <laughs> plus, you know, kind of a technology. How AI's uh, embracing it and kind of helping out, if you will, on augmenting or adding to uh, the overall experience. I got one statistic. According to Capgemini, though, a survey: sixty-one percent of retailers are using AI for fraud detection and prevention today. Uh, I thought that was a little bit high, but yeah. but but the point being, and, and Tony, I think you, you already tapped into it, you know, there are use cases here where AI is is clearly going to be very advantageous. If we train the models correctly uh, and get them up to speed, they can help with those because because right now, I mean, fraud and or or just theft detections got to be pretty big, right? Uh, understanding that yeah. because how many billions is it right now, Tony? Do you know off the top of your head? Is it's like eight billion or it's it's an ex- extraordinary number of theft that uh, that is going out of retail right now. Right. So yeah, when you so have that much mon- money leaving, you're going to pour some dollars into it to try to detect it and prevent it kind of a thing. Yeah. Where in the past, Dean, what you're talking about is is this is spot on where in the past and I've spent time in loss prevention when I was in, op- in retail operations. Mm. 
we were a secondary thought. Loss prevention was a secondary thought, a secondary benefit, where now it's becoming top of mind because of what you're saying, not just from fraud identification, but just straight loss. So how we talk about this AI plus piece where, you know, you can scan a barcode, but then maybe the computer vision's like, well, hang on a second. That's not that's not the barcode you just scan. That product is different than what you're scanning and they can, you know, alert the customer. So, and it's not necessarily, it's not always intentional either. There's, so the more you empower the shopper or the customer to do their own thing, there's going to be more errors. They're not receiving the same training. It's not like you're like, oh, you're a customer now. Well, guess what? We're going to put you, put you through cashier training. That's not happening. It's assumed (laughs) that they know how to do it. And I I will tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard stories from shoppers that said, well, if I try it three times, if it doesn't work, I just put it in my basket. It's their fault. Right. Well, okay, yeah. that's loss, and there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no way accounting for that. So, who's right? I mean, I don't. I would never do that. I would call and say, but that that's happening. And oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that's an important point too, because yeah, to your point that loss is not necessarily always about a, a concerted ring of thieves, you know, like, right. yeah. like I know we had Andy for Andy's anger on you a few weeks ago talking about the, what was a project unlock or whatever that, oh, yes. that Lowe's yeah. is doing, you know, yes. where you can't even use, you can't even use the tool unless, unless it's, probably, it's been, yeah. And apparently because for them, that was an actual problem where there were, you know, yeah, people like are just walking organized, off of trails. organized mm-hmm. crime that was actually going in and taking this stuff in order mm-hmm. to resell it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and move it on a black market. But yeah, most people, it's just, well, I, I, I thought I was scanning this. I bought four of these. I thought I scanned it four times, but I really only scanned it three or only three of the scans took. So it's like, yeah, you stole one, but you didn't do it intentionally. Mm. And I know like to your point, a lot of retailers might be like, whatever that happens every once in a while, but it's not, it's, 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 let's say it's happening 10 times a day. How much is that adding up, you know, over, over the course of a week, over the course of a year, over a course of several years. And then on top of the other things that are going wrong, where merchandise is getting destroyed in some way, or maybe you've got merchandise that has a sell by date in the back room. And because you don't know it's there, it's tucked in a corner. You're not getting it out in time to sell it on time. And you've got to, there's, that's lost there is the products you can't sell because you didn't get them out on the floor in the right time, Mm -hmm. or you didn't get them from the warehouse to where they needed to be when the item was hot and it was, you know, it was talked about on a popular talk show or something and everybody could have, I, I remember this from back in my bookstore days, Oprah Winfrey. Oh yeah. If, if anyone showed up on the Oprah Winfrey show and said, uh, here's my new book. If we didn't have it in stock in the first couple days after that person was on there, that's it. Your yeah. window was closed. Yeah. Right. And they most of the time else. we didn't know, like there would be every once in a while, there would be a, there would be a hint. They would they would release a hint, like maybe like a few days ahead of time, mm-hmm. where you'd have just enough time to scramble and get <laughs> books in stock. But otherwise, basically, it would happen, and, and you would know about it because you'd just be minding your business on a Tuesday afternoon or something, <laughs> and suddenly, like ten people in a row walk in and like, "Do you have this book?" I'm like, yeah. no. Why does everyone want this? Yeah. Oprah. I'm like, oh, okay. That now that explains <laughs> yeah. it. Got it. And then suddenly, you get the books three weeks later because you didn't have the inventory, or sometimes even the publisher, the printer had not even bothered to print up enough copies because they didn't even know right, that it yeah. was going to happen. Fail. So it's stuff like that where yeah. like a little bit of extra intelligence could just eliminate so many of those speed bumps and make sure <laughs> they're like, I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if you could think about that? If you if you worked in any kind of a retail environment and the, you know some hot new item that was going to be fo- featured by an influencer on TikTok or something right. yeah. gets yeah. mentioned yeah. and you suddenly see mentions and likes blowing up and people are starting to Google it. Wouldn't it be nice if there was some kind of artificial intelligence that was like, Hey, um, we need to start shipping this ASAP. We know you've got 50 pallets of this sitting Alert in a, the buyers. Sitting yeah. in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to start moving right now. All right. This is their priority. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff we're kind of talking about here, right? 
Yeah, in theory, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's wrap up this conversation to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some little bit of future prognosticating on your part here, Tony. You know, you've you've been in this game long enough. You travel the world. You've seen maybe trends that are happening, you know, across the pond somewhere or just things that people are starting to talk about but aren't quite there yet. So what are you watching out for right now on the AI and machine learning front when it comes to retail? What should we expect to start hearing and talking more about in the future over, let's say, the next five to 10 years or so? Uh, yeah, and I think it's going to be even faster than that. I think five to 10 years is a good benchmark. I think five years is probably more realistic where it's going to be an expectation. That's my perspective on it. But I really, it's kind of similar to what we've been talking through. I think the, if I had to say anything to any, to the retailers, it's really focusing on that, that experience that you're going to have around checkout. I think that piece right now is what you're really seeing a lot of organizations try to figure out. How do we improve the speed so it's faster for the customer to go through? You know, how do we ensure that they're still satisfied from an overall satisfaction perspective? How do we reduce loss? How do we increase basket size? So how do we inc increase the experience and how much our, our shopper is spending, specifically with the macroeconomics the way they are today? Artificial intelligence in that realm, I think, is extremely critical. And I think retailers should be focusing on that. And I don't they don't need the answer today, per se, at least have some type of innovative solutions in place or experimenting with where it can help them become more successful. I think the second part, though, the the other aspect of this is it goes right back into inventory management. You're, you're starting to see this already, but I think, you know, down the road, this will be a realistic where a computer, if you will, say a computer or robot, whatever, has the ability to do inventory within minutes versus humans doing it. That right there is super critical. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just think of out of stocks, for an example. If you have a retailer that has an out of stock and it's, you know, there's a computer vision uh, technology, they're monitoring that. It can notify for, you know, a batch pick or, you know, bringing that product out from the, the back room or having it to reorder it without anyone ever touching anything. Mm -hmm. So that I think is are the, the critical components right now. I think down the road, I, you know, you're starting to see like, is this complete automation really something that customers want? I don't know that yet. I think that's up for grabs. I think in terms of, you know, as you move into the, the future, that's the 10 year piece where that may be a reality. But right now I want to talk to someone. I want someone there. Even if I'm having to do things on my own, I want that human interaction because that right there makes me feel more comfortable. And that's what I think shoppers have indicated that and retailers are trying to figure out where that middle ground is. I think the last part of this that is critical is the element of training. And we didn't mention this at all, but, you know, Dean, you kept talking about the associate. Mm -hmm. we, augmented reality is a real thing, too. That's in an artificial intelligence mm -hmm. world. So if you think about, you know, let's look at the same thing we're just talking about inventory. And you can hold up a, a device that's looking at and scanning your your shelf. It can tell you everything from. You know, if, if something is gluten free to, you know, you're out of stock, would you like to reorder? Or it can tell you where things go. This is out of place. It sees that, you know, there's a, a Coke bottle or something sitting there that needs to go back into grocery and it identifies it and says, bring it back. So those are the things that I think that will make retailers and associates more productive. There's also technology that's, you know, being experimented with where, you know, you have glasses on or some to form of, you know, augmented reality tool where you can see the product through the glass, but it's also training you on how to best pack that product. So you're more efficient when you're packaging product or when you're building a pallet for that matter. So that's what retailers should be focusing right now. That's what I'm seeing. 
I think it's going to happen faster and faster and faster as this technology becomes more and more readily available. There's plenty of uh, vendors out there right now that are exploring both from a software and hardware perspective. You know, when they marry up, they become very dangerous. I think another one that I would tap into is because I know you're a proponent of the omni-channel uh, type of an, or wait a minute, do you hate that phrase? I can't, I can't remember if, you, yeah, you do. I, like, I only don't like that because I had to explain when I was the director of Omni Channel for Belk, I had to explain to people what my, what I was doing over and over and over again. So I just finally said, if I have to do that so much, maybe that's the, so I have a negative experience with it, but unified commerce, really, if you think about it, it focuses on the shopper. The shopper is your primary target, and it's unified, unconditional of where that channel starts. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, just, it continues to tap into the trend of personalization, right? I mean, I think that mm -hmm. people yes. want a good experience, and they don't mind a personalized experience, right. you know, right. if they've opted into that type of a thing. And, and you know, we all have our favorite clothing stores and stuff like that. And so, yeah, if I got a message that was trying to drive me, you know, I'm at home uh, from a retailer that's trying to, you know, show me some alternatives or some new products that basically on my shopping history that right. I might like to trying to drive me back into the store to try it on or something like that. That's, that's a good experience, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I happen to be looking for a new button down short sleeve shirt. So what do they got? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe I will go in and try that. So, yeah. um, I think that that's, you know, th some of those back of house ways, uh, that you think about, that's how AI, another area that I think AI is going to yeah. be uh, pretty powerful. Have you, have you, what about these ch chat bots or virtual assistants? Have you seen that yet? Uh, Tony out, you know, because AI obviously has gotten a lot of run over the last three, four months just because of the LLMs of uh, ChatGPT Chat and the whatnot. Um, so now it's like everybody understands, oh, my gosh, I can interface with this thing in a very human way. Uh, are you starting to see some of that trending out there? Are people at least asking about it? Yeah, absolutely. So that I think on the e-commerce side, it's very important from a service perspective. You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, where, you know, you, you, you make a phone, you can call and you have to go through the automated prompts. That's all AI based. And I think similarly with, you know, chatbots, it does a very similar thing. And I will tell you early on when this whole, you know, chat experience started where you could, you know, do a chat versus sending an email or calling. You know, it was really like, just give me a representative. Just give me a representative. I don't want to answer. Keep pressing zero. Yeah. Keep pressing zero. Yeah. But now it's become way it's like even the voice is realistic. Even the responses that you get on your chat are more realistic. So that experience is critical. That's going to continue and continue to and materialize and become better and better, you know, year over year. And that I don't think that's been around for a long time. It's just getting better and better. So absolutely. There's a huge play in that. I think that also helps with, you know, routing calls to the right folks. It helps in terms of answering questions before they get to a person to keep them more productive that is absolutely something that is that's critical. It's one of those things that has been there, and it's going to continue to improve. Um, I have nothing to add here because I, <laughs> I think you you guys both covered very well some of the future possibilities here and what we should be talking about. So I got I got nothing to add to this. You one. got nothing. All right, I got nothing. I'm 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 stupefied. It doesn't happen to me too often, but I got nothing to add here. Uh, all right, hey, before we wrap up uh, with our value to the VAR here, I want to, as always, thank uh, our. Our Tech Connect sponsors. Yes. Big thanks to Honeywell, who has been an ongoing sponsor of our Tech Connect program. We appreciate mm -hmm. their support and for lending us Tony. Apparently, it's becoming a yearly thing now. We're just going to bring Tony back to talk about <laughs> what's happening in the world of retail. Um, I mean, I, you you can't go wrong with that. I no. Mean, it's, yeah. If, you're no. Gonna, if you if you need someone to come talk about retail, you might as well have Tony do it. Go so. right to the guy. Yeah. Uh, thanks to all of our <laughs> other sponsors as well. Hey, if you like our show, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, hit the like button for yep. the episode. Just that's cool. something easy. super it's, it's simple. Right there. Just, yeah. 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 Just, 
just get on blog. You know, you do it all the time on Facebook for every random post of someone's dog or kids that you see. You can do it for a video, <laughs> too. Uh, leave us a comment. I know that takes a couple extra seconds, but just tell us, what did you think about this episode? Did you have any questions we should follow up on later? Yep. Maybe stuff you'd like for us to talk about with Tony in the future. Uh, follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel, obviously. If you're listening to this on any traditional audio-only podcast, uh, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts or I believe Spotify, where you can leave ratings and reviews, please take a moment to do that. You'd be surprised how much that helps any podcast to grow its, mm-hmm. its subscriber base and just get the word out to other folks. And for that matter, if you like the show and you think other folks should be listening to it, just get the word out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go offer share it. Up. Go share it. Share an episode. Just you know, offer it up to See somebody else. See us on else. LinkedIn. You know, share it there too. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Absolutely. Which reminds me, follow Blue Star on LinkedIn because every week I'm always posting recaps of the podcast. So if you miss an episode, you can get a full recap there. Plus, you can keep up with all the other cool stuff we're doing, events that we go to, webinars that we're putting on. Just all it's a good time stuff. to be following us on LinkedIn right now. And as always, if you want to get in touch with me and Dean directly, uh, you can always find us on Twitter slash X slash whatever. Whatever it is We're now. calling it this yeah. week, that platform that may not survive the night. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you can find us there at Pod. You can also email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up, first of all, with our value to the VAR. Yep. So kind of our way of a takeaway for our VARs. Yeah. Maybe something you can do right now related to this conversation that we've just had. So, mm-hmm. so for VARs that are interested in in developing partnerships as they go to market with AI solutions, they're like, hey, I, I know I want to do this. I see the value in it. Not sure quite where to start, though. Where do you recommend that they go first? How should they vet potential partners? Maybe tell us a little bit about Honeywell's role in this, too, and, and how you can help them out. Yeah, of course. So I think the, the there's three components of this in my perspective that I would suggest for VARs to look at. You, you need you need strong hardware. So in order for artificial intelligence to work, you need a strong hardware partner, meaning that you've got to have someone that is equipped to enable that hardware for, from an AI perspective. So be it if it's a self-checkout infrastructure or a camera system, uh, you, you've got to have good partnerships as it relates to that. Then you got to empower that hardware with the right software. So there's so many different, from a hardware perspective and software, there's there's a ton of variety out there that you can go out and look for and explore and build partnerships to help build. And this last part that I'm talking about is this, it has to be packaged correctly. So you got to think through when you're dealing with, doesn't matter if it's a small business or big business, there's, most folks don't know, they think of artificial intelligence as one thing. It's not. It's, a, it's many components working together and that package has to be fully vetted out. So when you present to whomever the end user is, it really makes sense to them and helping driving their business forward. So <clears throat> Honeywell, obviously we're, we continue to innovate all the time and we're constantly looking, not just for partners in, in working with folks in, the, in within the industry, but even internally too. You know, we, we have a, an innovative take on what the, what the future looks like and we're constantly looking for, you know, methods that are gonna help improve our, our customers so they can improve their customer experience. So that's a continuation that'll always go on. So hardware first, making sure that they have right, strong hardware, good, you know, good solid, um, you know, manufacturing expectations, a software that's viable, reliable, easy to use, is, you know, easy to uh, update when needed, and they can build all, 
ultimately a package that they can deliver to the end user. So partnerships, right? It comes back to partnerships, yep. leveraging your vendor partners like Honeywell. Uh, and I think a word I'll throw in here is vetting, you know, vetted partners. So mm -hmm. um, because that's so important to resellers who are trying mm -hmm. to get into this game. And and let's face it, AI right now is is the freaking Wild West. There's Everybody's popping up. You walk around NRF or anything, like they're, they're a dime a dozen, it seems like. So <laughs> yes. who are the right ones? Uh, lean into your vendor partners, your distribution partner like us. Uh, with our Tech Connect program, we can help you get the vetted partners, the ones that, you know, the industry feels like, oh, these are good guys. These are these are the the guys and gals that understand what they're doing uh, and, and have a place within our ecosystem. Yep. Pretty yeah. critical. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing you did, which is come to us. I mean, right. you know, if, yeah. if, if you're struggling to figure out where to find those partnerships, reach out to us at Blue Star, your account manager, our Honeywell team, anybody mm -hmm. here. We're, we're happy to to help, you know, pair you up and partner you up with the right folks. We're happy to you set know, you to, on a path. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We're, mm -hmm. we're happy to, to grab someone like a Tony and bring them in and say, hey, you know, Tony will help you out with a little bit of this conversation. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, find someone else. You know, it's a, at another at a. Uh, an AI software side of things, find somebody on the inventory management side of things, whatever it is, we're happy to put those packages of partners together for you yep. so that you can go and, and have the backing of something that makes you look good when you go out the other side. Again, yeah. as always, we won't take the credit. We're not going to say like, nope. hey, tell them Blue Star sent you. They don't know who we are. We're just going to send you out there with all these amazing people behind you. And you can look like the absolute IT pro that that delivered the next generation solution. Win-win for, for everybody. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's wrap up, as always, with our favorite segment, What's Tech Connecting with You? Ah, uh, yes. This is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, innovation, technology, business, or just whatever random news mm -hmm. story we felt mm -hmm. like chatting about today. <laughs> uh, Tony, I'll let you start. What's Tech Connecting with you today? So I, I'm going to stay on this, this, this topic, and I know this is probably the easy way out, but if I'm being completely honest, I have spent so much time exploring this, I cannot stop thinking about what really the future holds when it comes to artificial intelligence, not just from a retail perspective, but what, what can it replace? So I'll give you an example. My wife is a chef and she has leveraged some automation tools in her world, if you will, to help in terms of building what her recipes look like, testing a recipe out even before it's made what? in terms of viability. It's, it's crazy. So you think about artificial intelligence and what its capabilities are, it expands well beyond and what we talked about from a business perspective. You think your refrigeration, your refrigerators, your um, even your garage door openers, MyQ. I mean, there's so, so much stuff that's out there that's built on artificial intelligence and collecting data to help you have a better experience. And so the one area that I think is pretty neat is the stuff that my wife does in terms of the science, not just the food science, but the science behind coming up with a a solid viable recipe that you know can become a production product so i love that stuff and i think it's pretty cool that that's pretty cool so my cooking skills are not nearly to the place where i could input the right information to get you know to even ask the question is this going to taste good you know i wonder you you should put in does peanut butter and jelly go together and see what it says yeah it's just going to answer duh duh yes <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a child around? Ask them. Yeah, yes, really. it goes together just fine. So, oh, man. Now that's good stuff, though. And you're right, because I keep, I'm still kind of wait. Like, I know AI, obviously, I know all those amazing applications for AI, but I've yet to have that one moment for me personally that makes me go, okay, this is cool. 
this is exactly like, you know, I've used chat GPT a few times, obviously, you know, and it's one of those things I went from being very skeptical about to like, all right, I see some use in this, but I've yet to like ever find a, a point where I'm like, all right, this just, this just saved my day in some mm-hmm. way. You know, usually it's more of like, all right, that was helpful, but I need to do some retooling on that. I'm waiting for that one piece of AI innovation, kind of like what you're talking about with your wife there, that makes me go, this is sweet. And I'm so glad that this now exists in my universe. I'm hoping that's coming soon. I'm sure it will at some point. I just haven't personally encountered it yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to know that stuff like that's happening, that people are having those kind of like aha moments. Uh-huh. where their entire, you know, career or life or whatever gets improved by being able to do this. So, yes, yes. And maybe right. I have in some way and just don't really realize it yet. But I think, you know, now that we're really thinking about it as much, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that one thing that's going to just make me go, yes! Oh, yes, you know, this is awesome. So we'll see. You know if it does, it'll be on the show, I promise. What's that, Tony? What's really cool about this, John, is that sometimes this technology is happening and we just accept it and don't even realize that's it. That's very right. true. We're, that is very we're, true. We're adapting to this. And that's what's really cool. And it's not, I mean, there's stuff, you know, your iPhone is taking a picture of you every five seconds so it recognizes your face. I mean, do you know that it's happening? But no, it makes it a lot easier when you do facial recognition. So the, those are the things that I think are, that's, that's cool. And you don't even realize it because you're adapting to what's actually happening. And it's, it's seamless. That's pretty yep, cool. That's, that's pretty cool. Definitely. All right, Dean, what's Tech Connect do with you? So do you like your wearable? I do. Okay. Well, uh, you think about upgrading your wearable? Um, I just got a new one last Christmas. So oh, not so, soon, so you're pretty good. Not. Well, yeah. here's here's a little bit of a mashup of a wearable and um, what we'll call uh, uh, analyzing uh, data. Okay. So engineers demonstrate wearable sensor with record-setting solar power efficiency. This prototype analyzes real-time health statuses via sweat. Uh, and it oh. does not require carrying a battery, which is so is, that's that's the mashup Better. here. So so the energy is coming from flexible pro. Mm. Provisic <laughs> Solar <laughs> Solars. I'm just going to use the acronym okay. FPSCs uh, as they're called. So this is this really flexible silicon solar type of thing that can generate enough power to power this little computer, this little you know chip that's on you, uh, and can monitor you you via the sweat that you're that you have, which you're producing all the time, whether you right, realize right. it or not. Uh, and so and it can communicate with something. So it's that robust. So it may become a day very soon. Where instead of just our watches, we're we're wearing this little PFC thing with a, or I'm sorry FPS the right, thing right. that's monitoring you like all the time okay. uh, and what it's around. So maybe we won't need this bulky watch that that we're all wearing yeah, yeah. Uh, to get your vitals and stuff like that on. It. So mean, anyway, wearables getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about some of that too because I you know I've noticed like since I upgraded my watch like I've got a few more new bugs and yes. features that mm-hmm. I didn't have before. You know of like little little stuff that it's tracking that it wasn't before. Like, you know, it can do like the oxygen level stuff right. or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. I like a lot of that stuff, but you're right. There's still a little bit. I mean, I know like, cause I always notice like Apple will like, cause this one has like the, the defibrillator or the fibrillator thing oh, yeah. or whatever, yeah. where it tracks your mm-hmm. heartbeat or whatever. EKG, yeah, right. Yeah. And can identify like if you've got any kind of potential, you know, arrhythmias and arrhythmias or abnormalities, uh-huh. but it's very, you know, very cautious to warn you, like, this cannot sense a heart attack. Right, right, right. I right. want to have that tech that will do that. Like, yeah, I want that yeah. thing that I can wear that can tell me, like, hey, 
you might be having a cardiac event. You should probably get to the doctor, uh-huh. to the hospital uh-huh. right yeah. now. Or, hey, you might be having a stroke or something, you know, or it looks like you're in some kind of distress. You know, like I, I, I don't see any reason why we are that far off from that technology. Where, Given where we already are, it seems like we shouldn't be too much further off. And I think, you know, something like being able to just measure sweat, you know, could be a. It's going to be that simple. Don't simple have to plug to it, it in. It's just, it, you know, it's it's such a revolutionary what the just the trickle power that like this it. thing creates. There you go. I like it. Done awesome. deal. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Coming to a store near you very soon. So let's <laughs> start connecting go. with you. All right. So I, I am behind the scenes curtain here. I totally forgot to pull my uh, my Tech Connect and research ahead of time. But you found but, one. But thankfully, I always have a running list of stuff that I, like articles that I see. And I'm like, that's probably going to be a good one. Uh, so I pulled one of those up here. And it's a pretty easy one to talk about. This is from Berkeley News. The, uh, the, the headline of the article is, when ET calls, can we be sure we're not being spoofed? <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, like that caught my interest. I'm like, all right, I gotta, gotta check this out. Wait, so, like, there's crank callers out in space. Is that sure, what you, you mean? know? Yeah. It could be, you know, extraterrestrial crank yankers or something. You know, like, <laughs> hey, is your planet running? You better catch it. You know, something like right. that. I don't know. Uh, so, so basically, they're talking about how uh, SETI, the search for extraterrestrial yes, intelligence, yes. which you know a lot of folks think is like, nah, this dumb program that doesn't need to exist, but still exists. Mm-hmm. They struggle with funding sometimes, but they're still out there. Yeah, they're still, yeah. you know, working hard. At you know identifying if extraterrestrial life well, might I give, exist. I, I think they're getting new funding after they, what just happened on Capitol yeah, well, Hill that's, here that's recently. A, that's right. a good point. Yeah, yeah. point out and say, see, see, see? This, this guy says there's UFOs. Yeah. So, uh, so scientists have devised a new technique for finding and vetting possible radio signals from other civilizations in our galaxy. Mm. But the important part of that is helping be able to differentiate that from other random signals that maybe just might be bouncing happening naturally. Oh, stuff that because okay. we've got oh, gotcha. we have so many signals yeah. that are yeah, yeah, constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. beaming off planet right. at all times yeah. that could easily like hit something, bounce back, or could get, you know, warped in some way and kind of deflect it back to Earth. Or it's and, kinda like playing the record player backwards yeah, where exactly. okay, Paul so is forward, dead. Yeah. <laughs> forward it's it's whatever. Dancing days by Led Zeppelin. Backwards it's telling you to, you know, die. Yeah. Exactly. So basically they don't you know, get those crossed up signals. There, there's yeah. been apparently some like false hopes that occasionally occur. I and understand. they want to make sure that like so they're they're building out some new infrastructure and new vetting techniques around uh, around research that can help them to identify more easily and quickly. I bet you they're probably using some kind of intelligence. Uh, yeah, right. To identify when something is a a man made signal that probably came from Earth and not something that's extraterrestrial. It very much reminds me of one of my absolute favorite films, Contact. Yes, with Jodie Foster. Yes, like I love that movie just because I just I love that Jeff, concept. What was the other of, guy? What was the guy in that one? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Was Beth, it. Oh, yeah. okay, good. good. Uh, yeah. So I just I just love that concept of you know. You know the the listening for stuff, and of course, mm-hmm. no one wants to believe her at first. Mm-hmm. And then the signal beamed in that was like actually from like the 1930s, and it's mm-hmm. like Hitler opening up the the Olympics or something. And like, and people are freaking out, like, oh my god, they 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 must think you know that's their kind of guy, and they're coming here to invade. And like, <laughs> no, because that was the first radio, that was the first television broadcast, the first signal mm-hmm. that had enough power to go into space and give it. So stuff like that fascinates yeah. Yeah, me. That is. So I you know, I, I know that like you know it, we probably won't hear from the extraterrestrials in my lifetime if they're out there. No. But, but I just, I, I love that they're still working on this. I love that it's out there. Even though I think, wasn't it like the Arecibo, um, Arecibo, the the big satellite dish mm-hmm. um, that like got shut down? Like it was, oh, the one that was like falling apart. Yeah, it was like falling apart and just 
Finally, yeah. they shut it down because they couldn't get the funding to keep it together. Yeah. Well, so it's I'm nice to know you. they still are, are hard yeah. at work on this. And, yes. And out there listening to the stuff. We need some actual evidence, some quantifiable <laughs> stuff there. That's right. That they won't hide from us. But there, anyway. There yeah. you go. All right. That does it for us. It's time to unplug. Uh, that's what's tech connecting with us. Tony, Tony Bancor from Honeywell, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate having you back on the show. We will most likely drag you back on again at some point in the future because why not? We should. Not? You, know, you, yeah. know, you know your stuff. Uh, until next time, uh, go out there, listen to some extraterrestrials, find out what AI can do for you in the Make kitchen. Make a recipe? Anywhere yes. else. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Test I don't know, find something to track your sweat. <laughs> As always, <laughs> stay connected. This episode of the Technic Podcast was brought to you by Honeywell. I want to empower retail associates with an all-purpose universal power tool in a consumer form factor with enterprise support. Cool, that sounds pretty good. I mean, we talked all about like you need to right? empower those those employees. Absolutely, you know, the tools they need. You got one tool? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what Honeywell's CT30 XP delivers. Nice. The CT30 XP is a durable, all-purpose device offering ultra-reliable data access and communications for frontline mobile workers. Mm. Combining the elegant design and usability of a high-end mobile phone with powerful Honeywell software software like operational intelligence, smart talk, and smart pay, this device is an ideal platform for building effective solutions for retail, healthcare, and delivery. Did you say talk and pay? Talk I and think pay. you did. Yes. There you go. Nice. Two, two things we like to do around here. Talk and pay for stuff, <laughs> especially with Dean's credit card. Uh, the CT30 XP is built on Honeywell's Mobility Edge platform for optimized performance, stability, and security, offers Wi-Fi 6 for maximum connectivity with less power usage, and incorporates a flex range scan engine for pinpoint barcode scanning accuracy and speed. To learn more about these sleek, lightweight mobile computers, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star account manager. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by ELO. ELO is bringing decades of touchscreen experience to the palm of your hand. Nice. With the M50 handheld mobile computer, an enterprise-grade Android device built for efficiency and connectivity. All right, let's talk some specs here. Today. All right. You know, we like our specs. We like specs. Yep. Uh, even when we don't understand what we have, I'm probably going <laughs> 5.5-inch HD touch display. Ah, nice. Know. Got that Integrated one. Integrated 2D barcode scanner. Yep. Android 10 OS. And a rugged design for commercial use. All right. And, we it, had, and it's sleek and sexy. Have you yeah. seen this thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's, this it's pretty nice. cool looking out. Yeah. Uh, the M50 is ready to integrate via EloView or the MDM of your choice seamlessly. Now, what else might you want Might mm. might you want out of uh, a device like this? Uh, let's see. Long battery life. Oh, yep. Yeah, Got to okay. have that. Got that. Quick charge. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 4G communications. Got to communicate. Yeah. Got, yep, it, all. got it all. Plenty of accessories. Oh, sure. Yeah. We like modularity and there accessories. There you go. You got it all with the M50. The M50 is a bold choice for warehousing, retail, healthcare, and delivery enterprises. Check out the link in the show notes or contact Blue Star's ELO team to learn more. The Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. All right, Dean, here's a stat for you. 85% right. of retail associates say they would could provide a better customer experience if they had enterprise-grade mobile computers with built-in scanners to use on the job. Nice. 85%. Well, I don't know what the 15 other percent are thinking, right. but 85% are dead on. Yeah, 15 other percent are going out of business, soon, probably. Right. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. also means that you probably should be out there selling these mobile oh, computers, yes. right? With these built-in scanners. 100%. Uh, that's just one of the findings in Zebra's new ebook, Future-Proofing Retailers, The oh. Power of Purpose-Built devices. Nice. Uh, this ebook explores the shift to digital technology for retailers that mirrors customer experience and expectations for purchasing, conducting research, and comparing prices. To read this ebook and learn how to position your solutions for the modern retailer, check out the link in the show notes.